Well, welcome to the Cup for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Clay. I'm joined back again by Eric Stearns. Um, gave him the week off last week and had his mm-hmm. wife on the podcast with me, but glad to have him back. And today we're digging into my message from Sunday, which was for Pentecost Sunday. So we're going to talk about what Pentecost is, why it matters, and what the Spirit does in the lives of individual believers today. I just want to give one little program note. Next week, both Eric and I are going to camp, and so there will not be a Cup for Time podcast next week because the Wi-Fi situation at camp is just not ideal for a broadcast. And so we're going to take next week off. We will be back in two weeks. And so, Eric, let's get into it. Sounds good. When you were talking about, is that all they did for 50 days? Mm -hmm. Sitting in one place. Right. The thought that crossed my mind was, and I think this is what you're getting at, but I want to revisit this a little yeah. bit. Were they just expecting for the rest of their lives to follow, just walk around and follow a living, like a, in the flesh Jesus for the rest of their life? And then, so then this happens, and then, oh, oh crap, what do we do now? Well, I mean, part of it is that they expected Jesus. There were so many expectations on what Messiah was going to do and be. Mm-hmm. And so they were expecting Jesus to do all of the world changing and they would get to be you know next to jesus when he's doing all this work mm-hmm. there's even a scene in the gospels where the disciple where james and john say when we take over the world can we sit at your left and right mm-hmm. and jesus is like oh, no you can't. this is not how that works that's not going to happen so I think the disciples expected to, to reign in power alongside of Jesus, but to have a literal, physical manifestation of the divinity of God, Jesus, with them. Mm-hmm. I think that the, I mean, even though Jesus did everything in his power to prepare them for what was going to happen next, I think they still were caught off guard. Even in the moment of communion, when Jesus took the loaf of bread and tore it into two and said, this is my body. How much clearer can you get? Mm-hmm. And they, I think that they still expected, especially after the, you know, the resurrection happens and Jesus hangs out with them for another 50 days. I think that they kind of got into this little lull of Jesus is back, y'all. Yeah, mm-hmm. they killed him, but Jesus is back. And so I think that both the, re- I think both the death of Jesus and the ascension of Jesus really took them by surprise, caught them off guard. Hmm. And so, yes, they would have been perfectly content to follow a, a literal Jesus in, in those circumstances where they were following the one who was in power, following the one that was overturning the Romans and restoring Israel and kicking, you know, kicking everybody that didn't belong out of, you know, the way, you know, but mm-hmm. that's not who Jesus is. So you, it's almost like they expected to be, well, and we've talked about this. They expected Jesus to be a, a literal physical king Yep. that we can personify, that we, mm-hmm. that we can picture. Mm-hmm. And so then they expected to be in his uh, court. Yes. And also be in charge. Yep. Maybe be a governor under the king or, you mm-hmm. know, have some kind of royal role, but, but still following that same Jesus. Sure. So Jesus dies. Jesus goes to have the, the whole process. Yep. Pentecost comes. Do you think they would have just sat around and done nothing unless they had the Pentecost moment? They very well may have. Mm-hmm. You know, 
the time frame between the ascension and Pentecost is 10 days. Mm-hmm. 40 days he's ascended into heaven. Pentecost comes on, on day 50. Okay. Um, and so for those 10 days, I'm sure that their world was just as rocked as it was on Easter morning. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that their world, I mean, it made sense. Then Jesus died and then Jesus was risen and then Jesus stayed and it made sense again. And then Jesus left. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that had the Pentecost moment, had the spirit moment not happened, they could have been bewildered in grief for a very, very long time. And they could have second guessed and they could have, I mean, they even did try to go back to their normal trades that, you know, in, in the gospel of John in chapter, in chapter 21, the disciples go fishing because they are fishermen by trade. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to relieve stress, but they're still looking towards, okay, what does my life look like now? Mm-hmm. And what it looks like now is what my life looked like then. But yet, you know, then everything unfolds as it does. And then after Pentecost, after they receive this power of the Holy Spirit and see what Peter just did and feel called and compelled and led and sometimes even transported by the Spirit, they knew that this was going to be up to them. Mm -hmm. They also knew that in part because of what happened at the Ascension moment. When the two figures from heaven say, why are you staring in the sky? There's nothing up there for you. You have work to do. Mm-hmm. That's the Pastor Clay version. And then they have this Pentecost moment where, where they feel empowered and they watch Peter be so emboldened to stand up in front of a crowd of people speaking languages that are being perceived by everybody as their native tongue. And he says, no, this is not, this is not like spirit spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. And this is what this means. And you know, I think that, and then the disciples, after they saw the response, understood that this is something way bigger than just themselves, something that's good, that they're going to give their very lives to. Mm-hmm. And that's what that then happens. Yeah. It almost seems like they were content to let their faith go. Yeah. You know, it almost seems because, just because they didn't know what to do. And I understand, I mean, I get it. Mm-hmm. Something big, a big shift happens in your life. You yeah. don't know where to turn. Right. You don't know if something all of a sudden is taken away from you or something like that. You don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So thank goodness for Pentecost because otherwise oh, yeah. we wouldn't be here. Exactly. The church as it is would not be what it is without that first Pentecost day. The lives of the disciples would not have been what they were had that Pentecost moment not happened. Mm-hmm. But then again, if we didn't have the examples of Paul or mm-hmm. some of these other people— who put in the work, because, you know, I was thinking about, too, like, the things we believe in the most are the things we put our put work into. Sure. So for the disciples, if they would have just let it waste, you know, if they were just sitting around and, mm-hmm. and not really doing anything and not exercising that muscle, yep. essentially, that faith would have left them at some point. You know, because yeah, I think back to the Jewish leaders were gathered, and they were set, one of them said something to the effect of, if this is like any of the other people who have come before to try to be the Messiah, mm-hmm. um, if, if it was a flesh, it would waste away, but if it's from God, it will last forever. That, that, that story came to mind here mm-hmm. if this wasn't a God thing. If, right. you know, I just think about our faith in general, and, and so then this very moment in history, mm-hmm. if this wasn't a God thing, yeah. this wouldn't have lasted as long as it has. Absolutely. And I just, it, it's an amazing thing, but we had to have the example of the, of the, of the disciples doing the work after this moment mm-hmm. in order for us to believe. 
Yes. In order for us to believe, we need to do the same and do the work yep. to spread it to everyone else. Yep. And like it reminds me of, you know, in Paul's network of evangelists, there was a guy named Demas. And in one of the letters, I can't remember off the top of my head which one, but in one of the letters, Paul, when he's doing his final, you know, greet these people, yada, 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 um, you know, and he says in one of the letters, Demas sends his greetings. And then a few letters later, I think it's when one of the, one of the letters to Timothy, he says that Demas has deserted him. You know, that he has fallen back in love with the world and deserted the work that he was doing. And I think that had Pentecost not happened, when it did, the disciples maybe would have faced the same fate. Sure. They would have, you know, they would have forgotten. They would have let that muscle atrophy, if you, you know, to, to borrow your, your metaphor. Um, but then the moment of Pentecost happens at just the right time to say, hey, Jesus wasn't kidding. Mm-hmm. You know, he said in John 14, on the night that he was betrayed, he said, I'm going to send someone else. I am leaving. You're still not getting this, but I'm leaving, and I'm going to send you someone else a helper, an advocate, a teacher, someone who will call to your mind all the things that I have taught you. And that's called the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts 1, Jesus says again, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And when the Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, right where you are right now, then to Judea, the region that you're in right now, and then to the ends of the earth. And that's, you know, it wasn't until the Spirit came that this was going to happen. And so 10 days later, you know, so they had a fresh reminder in the back of their minds. And then this mighty and rushing wind comes in and confuses their language, or unifies their languages for a moment. And, you know, they're filled with power and they're filled with, you know, with, with all this good stuff. And they got it because they had those reminders in the back of their, in the back of their minds and in the front of their minds. Like it, was, it was fresh. It was 10 days old. You know, the news, that, again, that Jesus gave them at, at the very last moments that they spent together. And then they were just off to the races from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think an example of they got it is we're still here. Yes. Absolutely. Because if they didn't get it at that moment, there's no reason for us to be here. You know, mm-hmm. right? No chance that we would be here now. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I never want to limit the work of God, but also, if Jesus' actual disciples didn't get it, God would have done something to get our attention. But yet, God chose this direction, and then you know, we're told that God's word doesn't return void, and we're told that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Mm-hmm. So, Pentecost um, was a part of a Jewish festival. Um, so, the day of Pentecost, um, and actually the dating of Pentecost is also synonymous with Passover. So, from Passover to what's called the Festival of Weeks is 50 days. Okay. Um, so, Jesus died and, res- was resur- died and was resurrected during the Passover celebration. 50 days later, in the Jewish holiday schedule, is the Feast of Weeks. Um, and so the Feast of Weeks was another time that we talk about during Holy Week when Jerusalem would have swollen to a lot more than its usual size. This is why in the book of Acts, it tells us that there are Jews from every nation under heaven in Jerusalem that day. They mm-hmm. are there for a reason. They're there for a specific purpose, and they're there for the Feast of Weeks. 
which is a feast of the harvest. So they would, would have been a, present, a presentation of the first fruits of the grains uh, in the temple, um, and it would have been, um, you know, making those sacrifices to give thanks to God for a f- successful harvest, and then just reminiscing and celebrating um, the fact that God is good. Um, and so the reason why the crowd is so large and so diversified is because, um, and why everyone was gathered together in the first place, is because they were there to celebrate a major holiday of their faith. But then the purposes of God take over as this Holy Spirit moment happens and the, and the Pentecost moment happens and the rushing of the winds. Um, and the disciples, obviously, or Peter specifically, and then the disciples are obviously filled with the Spirit and proclaim the truth of the gospel, uh, build a bridge from, like I said on Sunday, build a bridge from you know, the prophets from David to Jesus um, and just say, hey, you're wrong about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 3,000 people, they, they, they quit worrying about this booth festival of weeks, and then they, you know, move into what becomes the church. Hmm. Yeah. So what does Pentecost, the actual word, mm-hmm. actually mean? 50 days. 50 days. Yep. Okay. So it's convenient <laughs> that that God chose this yeah, moment. Yeah, it's really, really <laughs> handy how that works out. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah do something. I mean, that's, you know, the kind of the joke around, around event planning is, you know, add something to something that's already happening, and that's just what mm-hmm. God's doing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. People show up for it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it was handy. Have all those Jews in Jerusalem. Right when the Holy Spirit's going to show up. Mm-hmm. Got himself double booked. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. No, it's good. It's a good thing that it happened. But it's, I mean, I don't know that that was, I mean, it was definitely calculated. Less people were there to listen. Yep. Would have had the same impact. There was something interesting that I listened to. I uh, listened to a couple of podcasts to for sermon prep. Mm. One of them is called Strangely Warmed. Uh, it's from some United Methodist pastors in the Virginia Annual Conference. Um, and then I also listened to Pulpit Fiction, uh, which is a UCC pastor from Crystal Lake, Illinois, and a um, United Methodist pastor from the Chicago area. Um, and they talked about the fact that this is Jewish Pentecost, but later in the book of Acts, there's Gentile Pentecost. Like, the target audience of this Pentecost moment is not the larger world. Mm-hmm. The target of this Pentecost is the Jews specifically. Peter is speaking directly to Jewish believers, directly to people that would have been, in some ways, not to be anti-Semitic, but in some ways responsible for the death of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's why he can kind of dig when he has he does in the sermon, where he says, you know, Jesus whom you crucified. Ouch, you know. And like all of the people that had the Holy Spirit come over them were Jewish folks first. Like Christianity is budding in this moment because the disciples are, and and the the disciples and the entourage know that Jesus is worthy of worship, know that Jesus is the Messiah. Mm -hmm. But yet Christianity is not something different quite yet. That's going to come later in the book of Acts. But so this is Jewish Pentecost. But there is a Gentile Pentecost that comes later um, when Peter is taken in the spirit to Cornelius' house. Um, So Cornelius is a Gentile believer, 
And it was not until that moment that the Holy Spirit indwelled Gentile believers, non-Jewish, mm-hmm. non-Hebrew believers. And so there, and Pentecost remains very, very important. Don't hear my, don't hear that wrong. Mm-hmm. Pentecost, actual Pentecost, the moment where the Holy Spirit dwells the lives of these disciples and those around them is very important. Obviously, it is what we call the birthday of the church because they know there's no going back to their Jewish roots after this moment. They repent of their sins. They are baptized in the threefold name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as prescribed in Matthew's gospel. And then, you know, they live a a Christian life after that, Mm -hmm. even if there isn't Christianity yet. But yet this moment where Cornelius accepts salvation, the salvation message, wants to have his entire household baptized, that's when the more broad church gets its start. I found that was really, I thought that was really interesting. I just didn't have time to tie that into the sermon at all. Mm-hmm. That is really interesting. So, I mean, the part of the part of the power of Pentecost is that it is not confined to just this one day. And, you know, we as Protestant Christians have a little bit of a hard time with the Holy Spirit. Um, and if I say the if I say the word manifestation of the Spirit, what naturally comes to your mind? Over the top churchy. Okay. Does that yep. make sense? That's where I'm heading. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, what comes to my mind is almost preachy, um, not holier than thou, but that's where my... Also not, not that? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's my hesitation. Like, so many times when we talk about the work of the Spirit in our lives now... People automatically jump to Benny Hinn and being slain in the spirit. Uh, They jump to uh, people speaking in tongues. And sometimes I fear that the Holy Spirit gets a bad rap. Sure. But the Holy Spirit in manifesting itself in our lives does not, it's not not that, but it also doesn't have to be that. Mm -hmm. I think that there are very normal and helpful ways, more helpful ways, that the Holy Spirit makes itself known to us. Um, You know, looking at the classic roles of the Holy Spirit that Jesus lays forth in John 14, advocate. It's the Holy Spirit that advocates for us before God. Um, And then, um, you know, teacher. It is the Holy Spirit that helps us to learn new things and, and awaken to faith in the first place. And then the reminder of all the things that Jesus taught. And that has been, for me in my own life, the biggest way that the Spirit has made itself known to me. Because there are conversations that I find myself in where I know that I do not have the wisdom to accurately, you know, represent my faith or the Bible or whatever. I was at the the frying pan with some friends of some friends, and they were very critical of religion and very critical of people being pastors and, you know, mm-hmm. giving their lives to do what, what I do. And, um, you know, we got into some very deep theological waters and conversation that I did not know what exactly to do with. And I was muttering breath prayers to myself, basically, and praying in my heart that I would have the wisdom that I needed for the moment. And lo and behold, I did pretty well for myself. And there were answer questions that I know in my heart of hearts that I do not have the answer to. 
or did not have the answer to. But I was able to speak coherently and intelligently only by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, that's the only reason. The Spirit was calling things to my mind that Jesus had taught, that were from Scripture, from the Bible, things that I can stand on on a, on a bedrock level in my own life. Um, and that's just one of, the, one of the times, you know, that I feel that the Spirit was really moving and working in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a moment like that? How do, you, how do you think the Spirit works in your life as a, as a believer in Christ? Hmm. I don't want to say this. Doing things that I know aren't things that I should be doing. Mm. I mean, just, and it's more than just your conscience telling you it's wrong. Mm. Like, I feel like your conscience is so small yeah. in comparison to what the Holy Spirit can do mm. and pushing me into a different direction where treating people poorly or not maybe not treating people poorly, but not treating them as well as they should be treated. Mm. I'm thinking to times when, if you have an intern. Sure. Who you swear should understand what you're trying to tell them. <laughs> you can't say it any more plainly. Right. And all you want to do is give up mm-hmm. and just let them fail. Sure. And just let them not get it, and then they get in trouble by a superior, which is me, but whatever. Right. Um, you just want to let them be wrong and then get yelled at for it. But sure. the Holy Spirit tells me, no, keep working with them, mm. keep teaching them because it's not it's not productive at work. It's not and it's not productive for them to learn or it doesn't make them a better engineer. It doesn't make them more um just helpful to the world if yeah. all you do is let them fail and let them sit on the side. Yeah. And so treating those people um or treating people who have uh, maybe done you wrong or, or done something that you just don't understand why you know why that happened. You just want to give up because you keep feel like you keep bashing your head against the wall. But to me, it's the Holy Spirit who keeps pushing you to okay, try a different way, mm. and then maybe the Holy Spirit shows you that different way, um, and drives you to continue to work with that person so that person be, can become more productive. Yeah, definitely. For that, so that person can see mm-hmm. that they're not being given up on. Right. Because that's when, no one wants that to happen either. Right. Like as, as I would never want someone to give up on me. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I'm not getting it and I'm, you know, just hitting my head against a wall trying to understand but just not getting it, I wouldn't want someone to give up on me. Mm-hmm. Because that just takes away the value that you have for yourself. Yeah. I will say I was a little bit afraid of saying that God ruined everything. But I saw a lot of like almost knowing looks from the congregation. Mm -hmm. I think we've been there. I think people in their lives have been where, I mean, I I know that my story is not special. I just, I just from the start know that. But like, I think that more of us have been there than than want to admit it. That's the power of the Spirit. It is. It is 100%. It's what changes our lives. I mean, honest to God, it's what changes our lives. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we're done with the Set Free series? Yep. Set Free series is done. We'll have a break next week. Yep. So then what's the series following that? 
as we did last summer with focusing in on Toy Story, the series, um, mm-hmm. I like to have fun during the summer. So the sermon series that we're going to be preaching next is going to be Canton United Methodist Church Goes to the Movies. Um, and so we are going to be focusing on where we find gospel parallels and gospel moments in film. We're going to focus a lot on Disney, but there are a couple of outliers um, that are coming to the series. Um, and the first sermon is going to be on The Emperor's New Groove. Okay. Um, the first of Academy Awards. So like, I'm kind of titling the sermons after the Academy Awards. Um, and the first Academy Award that is always given out is Best Supporting Actor or Best Supporting Actor and Actress. And so we are going to talk about supporting actors in our lives. And, you know, we're going to be looking at the gospel map gospel passage where a paralyzed man is lowered down through the roof by four of his friends and jesus seeing this is overwhelmed by the faith of his friends and says you can get up and walk like jesus heals him because his friends are so tenacious that they will stop at nothing including pulling back a thatched roof Mm -hmm. to get their friend to jesus the crowd is too big how are they going to do that and so how are people in our lives supportive of us and how can we be supportive of others and the reason why i'm picked emperor's new groove is because every relationship in that movie is a stretcher bearer relationship yzma and kronk yzma would not be successful without kronk mm-hmm. pacha and kuzco pacha kuzco would have died without pacha like mm-hmm. just straight up would have died also would not have gone through the transformation of his life that he went through without pacha every relationship pacha needed his family every relationship has that element and so we're going to be looking through those relationships and looking through what jesus does in the gospels because there are people that are that supportive of others so That's awesome yeah i'm looking forward to it it's mm-hmm. really fun to write so cool yep. thanks for joining us on this week's cut for time podcast uh join us again join us next week uh for church uh for umw sunday united methodist women's sunday And then join us again in two weeks when Clay is back to do Canton UMC Goes to the Movies and then for our Cut for Time podcast. Thanks for listening to our Cut for Time conversation. Join us for worship in person or on Facebook Live Sundays at 10 o'clock Central Time. And now go in peace and serve the Lord.